Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, I, uh, we're, we're still talking about, we're still learning how to become a people of God's presence, and, we, and we're filled with His Spirit, and we're, we inha- we're inhabited by His presence when we're praising Him. And so we're learning a lifestyle where we're saturated with His presence because there's no way to live for Christ without Christ. We cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit without the Holy Spirit. We cannot see the life of Christ flow through us, whether again in our character or ministry, fulfilling our calling without the power of Christ enabling us to do it. We're completely and utterly dependent on Him. And I've said, you know, if, 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 if we're not depending on Him, we either lower the standard, let's just be nice people, or we give up, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's easier to just say, here's a couple of nice little principles how to be a nice person. It's easier to do that than to learn how to truly depend on Jesus. But it's the only way we're going to see His power really come through in our lives, to see our character changed. I mean, you can put a smile on your face, but on the inside, do we really have the joy of the Lord, right? We want to be transformed from the inside out, right? And it's one thing to believe God for things that you never have to measure, but when you have to stand and say, if you don't come through, I'm shot. We need to see His power, right? So we need His presence. And so what we're learning is how to live in rhythm. Last week I talked about living in rhythm, and I started right here in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, where Jesus says this. Heal the sick, giving a commission. Actually, in verse 7, He starts off and says, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And right there, when he says, freely you have received, freely give, it's right there in the context of his commissioning of these 12. Now, of course, this is the great commission for the 12, but we know there's a great commission for every believer in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. And he's telling these disciples, he's inviting them into a relationship where he is Lord and they are follower. He's inviting us into a relationship where he is discipling us and we are partnering with him to make disciples. He's inviting us into a lifestyle where we're abiding in Him, receiving from Him, discipled by Him, depending on Him, and then giving it away. Now, obviously, as I just mentioned, you can't give away the resurrection of the dead. You can't raise someone from the dead without Jesus dwelling inside of you. You can't go and heal somebody of a terminal illness without laying your hands on them and in the name of Jesus, power going through you. But the same could be said of, we can't lead someone to the Lord or disciple them without the Lord giving us wisdom and understanding and the conviction of the Spirit and all that. Everything we do is supernatural. Loving our neighbor, any of the commands of Christ can only be done by His empowerment. And so He's inviting us into a relationship with Him where we're utterly dependent on Him and where we're receiving from Him. And I said last week, this looks like a lifestyle of living in rhythm. Just like every day the sun rises and sets, you know, and, and, and every day we eat, and every day we sleep, and every day we work, we do some sort of activity like school or work or whatever. Just like that, those are natural rhythms. There are spiritual rhythms. And if we deny the natural rhythms, like you don't sleep or you don't eat or you don't work enough, it will cause problems in your life. You don't work, you don't eat, but really it also causes other things like lethargy and that kind of thing. You become more sleepy the less you work, Right? But when you work hard and you are, are doing things that, uh, that you're supposed to do, boy, you need to eat, right? You ever notice that? You go out there and you work in the yard and you're sweating. Boy, I'm thirsty. Why? Because when you give, you need, it reminds you of your need to receive, doesn't it? 
It's a natural rhythm. But I, listen, the way I, the, this is what I believe about Jesus. You can only give what you've received. And you see this all throughout the scriptures, that work flows from rest, that giving flows from receiving, that being fruitful flows from abiding. So you've got to get the order right. You've got to get the order right that receiving is really the most important thing. And even in our own lives, when work, when you work too much and you don't sleep because you're trying to earn wages it will, or, or finish schoolwork, it's okay if it's one week or something like that, but you can throw your body off. So you have to have the appropriate amount of rest and the appropriate amount of work, and it's got to be in a rhythm. And sometimes you work a little bit harder to get something done, like at harvest time, you know, I'm cultural metaphor, but in, there's times where you've got to just work a little bit harder and press a little bit harder, finals week or something like that. But you can't do that all the time. So there's, it's a rhythm. And there's times to rest. It's called a Sabbath. You work six days and you take a Sabbath. There's times to sleep, like eight hours a day is pretty much, the, the, you know, pretty much the, what people say is the healthiest amount. You sleep you know, seven or six or, or nine, maybe in that realm it's okay, but you sleep too much or too little, it's going to start affecting you. And so this, I mean, literally the Bible speaks of these things, I don't have time to go over them, that we need to live our life in a rhythm of rest and work, of being alone and being in a relationship, of being in the word and giving the word away, of receiving from Jesus and giving away. And when we disrupt that rhythm, it can cause problems. It's a spiritual rhythm. But listen, when we disrupt the rhythm of receiving to giving, it causes problems. In this way, if you just start giving and giving and giving and giving and you're not receiving, you will burn out. People burn out, not necessarily because they work hard. That's a misunderstanding. If you're working hard at what God has called you to do, that doesn't necessarily equal burnout. Working hard either is because you're sustaining a level of work that is physically or spiritually not healthy. Like I said, you're maybe not sleeping enough or, or that kind of thing. Or you're giving and you're not receiving. Like I said, the more you give, the more you need to receive, right? Think about that. You're outside working hard. You're sweating. What happens? You're burning calories. You are thirsty because you're dehydrated. And you're hungry because you need calories. That's good. That's actually a good thing, right? We were created to partner with God and to work. We were created to not just to be God's friend in this. I mean, he, he absolutely loves us. We're his children. We, Father calls us sons and daughters, but he created us to be a partner with him as sons and daughters who are loved. We called us to partner with the family business. Now, that doesn't mean we work to earn wages. Okay? Imagine this. You get adopted by a good father. He is absolutely rich. You're not working so that he'll feed you. You got all the food you need. You're not working so you have a roof over your head. You got the roof over your head. So there's no worry. Can you imagine that? Living in the house of a father that is absolutely has unlimited resources, you have no worries. But this father is not an entitlement father. This father does not allow laziness. This father continually invites us to partner with him and to work with him for our good and for how many others don't know him and need to be adopted. Amen? That's really what this is about. This is not about earning salvation or earning his love. He loves you. That's done. Whether you take a nap or raise the dead, the pay's the same. But you've been called to give. You've been called to make disciples because there are people out there who don't know Jesus and Father wants more sons and daughters. And so, when you're out there laboring in the heat, that's a good thing or your, whatever work you're doing, whatever job you're doing, you're supposed to be a little bit tired. 
You're supposed to be. Moms, a little bit tiring. You know, <laughs> look at my wife here. Teachers, yeah? It's supposed to be. Okay, I, I just started teaching at Life again, and I love, man, I got a, some good semester, but boy, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I get up early, you know, and I, I teach, and when I'm done, I, I'm, I love it, but I literally, I feel like I've got to take a deep breath, like lean, you know, I, I literally, there, one, because I, I really put all myself into it, but I really, mm, I exert myself, and emotionally, or whatever it is, every, teachers know, there's just something you give away, it does, you don't feel, everyone else is like, oh, come on, I work construction, why are you tired? But there's something about just giving yourself as a teacher, it's tiring. I remember teaching English to second, uh, you know, to foreign students, boy, that was even more tiring, because your brain's just, you're like in a whole nother mode, okay? But I've done, I've done yard work and construction stuff, I mean, I've been out there doing that kind of stuff in the past. And I understand, man, that's good. It's good for your muscles to ache, or it's good for your mind to be stretched. We were created for that. We were created for that. That's how you grow muscle. That's how you stay fresh and alive. That's what recreation and exercise is about. But the more you give, the more you have to receive, right? If you're out there running, you've got to replenish those calories. If you're out there working, you've got to replenish that. If you're a teacher and you're always with people and always talking, boy, you need a little bit of alone time, huh? A little bit of quiet, a little bit of, I'm just not going to talk right now time. If you're a mom, same thing. You know what I'm saying? We need to keep our lives in rhythm. Rhythm. There's an appropriate amount of time to be with people and an appropriate time to not be with people. And some of us might be more introverted, so you might need a little bit more time with people, but it's not healthy to use our introvertedness to avoid relationship, nor is it healthy to have an extrovert to use their extrovertedness to avoid alone time with God. You need quiet time. You need alone time, right? So what I'm saying is, yeah, personality does affect that rhythm. You've got to find the rhythm for yourself. And I believe every one of us know when the rhythm's off, really. You'll, you'll know. You'll re- really, if you're, a, if you're honest with yourself, you'll know if you're, if you're a little bit off one way or the other. But it comes with practice. It comes with practice and talking with people about how do I find a healthy rhythm of being with God and being with people and being in the Word. But here's the deal. And a healthy rhythm of giving. When we're not giving begins to shut down the flow of the Spirit in our life. Now, obviously, the extreme case where somebody as a Christian is just coming and receiving the Word but not giving the Word away, it's very unhealthy. It's actually very selfish. Actually, the extreme, the extreme, selfishness is one of the nastiest feelings on the inside. But when we're spiritually or physically inactive, we become lethargic. In the natural, you can become lethargic apathetic, complacent. You begin to lose momentum. It's harder. Do you know that they've said that during unemployment, if somebody's unemployed for long periods of time, the only thing that statistically increases is the amount of time people sleep. Now, that's if they're inactive, you know. I always tell people, if you're unemployed, your job is to find a job. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's that kind of an attitude that we should go after it with. You spend lots of time with the Lord, and you go out and look for a job. That's how you spend your time when you don't have a job. But I'm saying that people who sit around, they, will statistic, they have statistically proven the only thing that increases is the amount of time people sleep. That's what my point is. You lose a momentum. And what happens when we're being a people when we're, when we're not giving, but we're only receiving, or even we shut down the receiving as well, we can become like a swamp. See, a river is healthy water that you can drink and, and, and things live in it. I mean, there's things live in a swamp too. But you can't drink swamp water. That's not good. Why? Because there's no life in it. Do you know that if water flows over rocks for like about 100 feet, it doesn't matter if a deer went in the stream up about 100 feet, 
water running over rocks will purify itself. You can drink it. You go out in the, you go out in the wilderness and you can drink water if you find a section that's, that's running water because it's life-giving. It's flowing water. Even a lake has movement and flow, inlet and outlets. But a swamp, for the most part, does not have inlet or outlet. It's just stagnant water. And that's not healthy. You can't drink that. And so we need to be a people that this is how God created us, to receive and to give, to rest and to work, to be loved and to love, to be children with the Father and to go out and work with the Father. I literally have this mindset as I parent my own children. And when we started homeschooling, and one of the reasons we started doing it is so we, our kids could do more chores. That's part of our curriculum. Because we believe in work. Serious. Now, most of what we do is we have them do it with us, and we teach them. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun, it's relational, all that kind of stuff. But, but we teach them, we come alongside of them, and we develop them, and we train them. We did that before homeschooling, but we just wanted to have them do more work and let, uh, us less, right? Just joking, it's not less work. So, uh, the hope is when they're really old, then you can like, no, I'm just messing. No, no, it's part of discipleship. It's part of pouring into our children. And so, if, just, just think about it, am I receiving, am I receiving, am I receiving the word, am I receiving love and fellowship in community, am I receiving from the Holy Spirit by being in his presence, am I receiving and am I giving? And if there's something off in either one, now, here's the deal. You can also start giving, 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 giving and not replenish yourself. This is what pastors do. This is what kids, people, kids workers do. <laughs> I've seen it in this, this church as well. We try, we try very hard to guard people from burnout. We help people the best we can to say no. We help people to transition and take breaks. Although, again, sometimes it has nothing to do with whether or not I pastor somebody to help them say no. They need to take responsibility. So it's, it's both. We try to do our best to cover people but you and I, we have to take responsibility for our own life and find that rhythm. But here's what happens. People will go to school and receive all this training and then go out and give, and they'll give, 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 and they forget to be submitted to leadership that is covering them and blessing them and pouring into them. Sometimes people will give and give and give, and then they'll say, I- I've given, I've received, I mean, I'm sorry, they'll receive so much to say, I've, I've, already, I've already received, I've already been discipled, I've already, I've already, I've already, and then they'll start giving and they'll burn out. Listen, the more you give, the more you need to receive. In fact, if you're a person who gives, you're probably a person who realizes how much of the Lord you need. I'm convinced that people who are self-focused and who are not doing the work of the Lord, extending their faith for the sake of others, seeking first the kingdom, which would mean receiving and giving, I'm convinced they don't see how much they need the Lord. The more you step out in faith for other people and you give your life away in some way, I mean, I'm talking moms and dads and in your workplace, but also I'm saying discipling those who don't know the Lord or, or whatever. The more you give yourself to others, the more you go, I need Jesus. I'll tell you, so much of the lack of faith sometimes in the, the broader church, I don't mean just, I don't mean, I'm not necessarily trying to rebuke you guys or anything that's not a rebuke. I'm just trying to point something out. A lot of the complacency and the apathy and the lack of faith out there in the church is because we're not a people generally who just give our whole lives. Think about how scary it is to share your faith with Jesus. I mean, share your faith about Jesus to somebody else. That's why we don't do it. But if you were to step out, it's the greatest adventure. 
right? Like uh, Gary, you handed out those uh, Wild at Heart books, man. I love it, man. The Wild at Heart, John Eldridge, go out and shoot something and climb a mountain and, I mean, be a man kind of a book, you know? Praise God. But you know, none of those things are as scary and as exhilarating as people who step out and go to Haiti and build a house or step out and share their faith with somebody or step out and lay their hands on a sick person. That takes guts, amen, for men and women. That is where it's really at. And when you really step out like that, then you go, oh, dude, if I'm not filled with the Spirit, this isn't going to work. You see what I'm trying to say? And so I wonder sometimes if we're out of rhythm in the receiving area because we're out of rhythm in the giving area. But I have found in my own life that receiving is more important to me than giving. Want to know why? Because I've been giving since I was 16 and I came to Jesus. I've done the workaholic thing. I've done the burnout thing. I've done the striving thing and the earning thing. I've tried that. It doesn't work. I remember there was a season where I did burn out. And it was more because of legalism and such, not necessarily because of work. But I did, I did also kind of burn myself out in terms of I didn't sleep enough and I was fasting like crazy. And that wasn't always, I mean, sometimes fasting was good, but sometimes the fasting was unhealthy. So I literally burnt out some of the serotonin in my body and I was struggling with depression and I was physically just so exhausted. But I was more struggling with shame and condemnation and legalism and such. And so I, uh, I learned in that season how to get back in rhythm. But even in that season where I stepped out of some leadership roles, I never stopped serving. And I have continued to offer that to people as wisdom every time somebody else goes through that struggle. I'll tell them, hey, brother or sister, maybe they fell into sin or maybe they're struggling with something. I say, hey, yeah, no, it's good. It's good that you would take a step back and if you're not in a healthy place to not lead at this time, we'll do that with people, not to discipline them, but to protect them. We'll pull them back and we'll say, hey, let's, let's care for you. And I'll say, but keep serving. Keep giving your life away. Because if you shut down that flow, if you shut down the flow of giving, you actually shut down the flow of receiving and can hinder the growth process in your life. And so, even though most of my breakthroughs have come because of building my faith in the Word and crying out to God desperately that He would come through and worshiping the Lord, it's also come as I went, right? Like the Holy Spirit saying, uh, uh, we were, Michelle and I were dating and I, we wanted to get engaged, and I was working here at the church, and, and I was, I was uh, starting to get a little bit stronger, but I was just struggling with, just, again, condemnation stuff. But I continued just to serve in the church. I was doing administration work here and served Pastor Dave Metzger, who was the pastor before me. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit said, go get a job, I mean another job, and I'll redeem the time. Because I was, oh, I just want to do the ministry, Lord. But I was unhealthy. I, there was an imbalance. He said, no, go get a job, I'll redeem the time. It's crazy because I went and got the job and I, I got a job from a gentleman at this church and the Lord continued to bless us through that job. The Lord continued to bring me increase in promotion and I was able to obviously marry Michelle and also for us to begin to increase and we bought our first home. We both made like $10. A, we didn't have debt, so that's really the, the blessing there, but we both made like $10 an hour and uh, we were like, well, we could rent or we could buy. Let's just buy. It was in that time when the, the houses were kind of low and they were going up. So it was just kind of what we did back then. But the Lord redeemed the time because I did my master's degree. I did most of my homework while I was at that job. Not, I mean, I was doing it legally. Like the, the person said, when you're, not, when you're not cleaning, when you're not answering phones, when you're not selling stuff, you can do other work. And so I actually had at least a few hours every day where I'd either be wasting it or I'd be doing... So I started studying the Word. I would listen to messages. I started doing my, my master's degree stuff, and the Lord redeemed the time. What am I trying to say? I heard God. I did what He said, and His blessing and His provision was there. And here's what happened. It didn't take away from the ministry. And then what happens is as I got stronger, the Holy Spirit called me to leave. He said, 
leave that job for one day. Basically, we're like, oh no, can we financially afford that? And we took a risk of faith because we're not led by money. We said, okay, well, we're, I, said, I said to the person, I said, hey, I, I just, hey, can I just work two days so that I can give more to the, to the youth ministry because it's growing and we need to do this. And, and, uh, and he, he said yes, and we went for it, and we never saw a hiccup in our finances. I'm not really sure how. I mean, I'm not, I, we don't know why. We just can, and we continue to give like we always do, and we just said, we're going to give this day to the Lord. And I mean, that's a chunk of change back then, and the Lord continued to bring increase to our finances. What I mean, I'm not led by finances, I'm led by the Spirit, and we just did these kinds of things. But what I mean is that the healing and the restoration and the blessing flowed as I stepped out and obeyed Him, obviously, and as I did what He called, called us to do. And so giving is very, very important. I've always had people in my life that I just one-on-one am investing in. This is way before I was a lead pastor. You know what I'm saying? Now I just get to be able to do this as, with a position, with a greater influence, and a little bit more time, but I still, you know, I still have another job. But basically, I'm able to do this more broadly, and my job is to raise you up to do it as well. But I've always, since I was 16, I was leading a Christian club and stuff like that. That's partly because it's my calling. But it's also because right there, when I came to the Lord, man, I'm ready to give away. I went to the church that I first went to. Do you need me to do anything? Yeah, can you help paint? I mean, and I'm the worst. Well, sure, I had these nice vans on and like nice pants and stuff. I just started painting ruined that pair of vans and you know my mom wasn't so happy i just started serving i came to this church what was the first thing i did first thing i did hey what do you want me to do i started folding programs cleaning toilets just doing whatever i did kids ministry greeting everything everything they with kids ministry they said i think there's another ministry for you but they uh no I, i started leading a life group i started being an apprentice of a life group and just started serving i never pursued position the Holy Spirit told me when I was 17 to become a senior pastor. I didn't like that idea. I never pursued position. Never. I just served. Just served. I never pursued this position. The Lord just led me into it uh, as I served. Freely receive, freely give. And let me just end with this. That, Like I said, when you, let me just repeat again. When you give, you feel how much you need. You feel that hunger physically. But spiritually, the more you give to others, the more you need. So I emphasize receiving in my own life. I emphasize that I have to make sure that I'm with the Lord and that I'm seeking the Lord and I'm worshiping and I'm in community. I have to do that that much more. But I'm telling you, I think you, I know everybody needs it. We're all called to a rhythm of receiving and giving. And so if there's some areas in your life where you're not giving or where that where that thing's been shut down a little bit. Maybe you've been hurt or disillusioned or burnt out or maybe just a, you know, whatever. For whatever reason, you kind of shut down a little bit. We've got to just open our hearts and let the flow of the Spirit flow to impact people, to bless them. Giving is not just financial. It's not just in a formal ministry. It's hospitality. It's, it's meeting with somebody. It's caring for them. It's just listening to them. It's all of it. It's friendship. But there is, in this church, the invitation to partner with this ministry that if you're a part of this church, you're a partners with this ministry. Many of you sow financially, you pray for us, you pray for the church, and you come together with us and you give. I know many of you, you serve, at least uh, some, at this church, serving our kids, serving in worship, serving in so many ways. What you're doing is you're partnering. And listen, Paul says the, body, the, the church is like a body. And he says in Ephesians 4 that, that, that the, the five-fold ministry, the apostles, the prophets, the, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, that they equip the saints for the work of their ministry. 
So I and other leaders in our church are to equip you for your ministry and your calling. Now that ministry and calling is far more than this church, but it includes this church. Just like I would say to my wife, your ministry and your calling, your purpose is far more than having kids. But right now, raising three kids and discipling them for Jesus is exactly her calling. But there's more. There's more. It's okay to say there's more without saying there's not something else. Does it make sense? And so, of course, we would serve each other in our groups. We would serve, we would minister here. But our ministry and our calling is so much more than what the Lord wants to do. And the Lord wants me and the leaders here to empower you and to equip you for your ministry and your calling. He wants us to come together in unity. And Paul says that we're like a body. And he says when the body, when all the members are come together and do their share, he says in Ephesians 4. You can look at that later. Ephesians 4, he says when they do their share, the body grows. Listen, when, a, when, when any member of the body of Christ steps up and does their part, their part, not somebody else's, but their part, the whole body grows. What does that mean, grow? Spiritually, yeah. Numerically, yes. Because think about it, if somebody steps up to lead a group, or steps up to invite someone, or steps up to care for some other person in the church, less people fall through the cracks, more discipleship can happen, more care can happen, more leadership development can happen. If we have more groups, more people can get into those groups. That's exactly what happens. How will we as a church grow when everyone here does their share? That's it. When you do your 100% and I do my 100%, I do the part that God's called me to do, you do the part that God's called you to do. When we all do our share, we come together in unity. Now every member's doing their part. If I'm missing a body part, I'm still loved by God, right? People who are handicapped or something, they're missing something. There's nothing wrong with them. But they, they, they got to compensate, don't they? You're missing an arm. You've got to learn to do things a different way. See, sadly, that's how the body of Christ can be sometimes. Sometimes, oh, we're loved, but we're missing some parts. You are essential to the vision and the assignment of God on this church. And if you do your part, then I can do my part and not more than my part, right? Or if you do your part, then Jen can do her part and not more than her part. And everybody rises up in unity, and that's a part of no burnout right there. All the needs would be met. Do you think that, do you think that everyone will be cared for because I call them? No, I can't do that. No, everyone will be cared for and called and supported and invited into groups and moving in their calling and discipled and raised up into their ministry because we are all doing our share. And so when, every, when a member steps up into the body and does their share, the body grows. Amen? And so I want to challenge you to get into ministry. I want to challenge you to give your life away. And in giving your life away, don't burn out. Don't give what you don't have. Go get some from Him. Drink deep of the Lord. Spend that time with Him so that you'll have something to give. And every time we come here on a Sunday or any time you come to a life group, the Lord wants to use you to care for someone or minister in the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit is a manifestation of His presence. When we're filled with the Spirit, us impacting each other is a part of that. Okay? Kirk, come on up and share this. To me, it's like the picture of a glass of water. How do you get that glass of water to overflow and get the table all wet? You just keep filling it up. So you just stay in the flow of the Spirit. Keep allowing the Lord to fill you with the Spirit, and you're going to overflow and impact other people's lives. Amen?